0: I believe that justice is what love looks like in public, and it is to that project that I've tried to commit my whole life.
1: The world that we're familiar with, the one experienced through our senses, is just a thin slice of all that is to experience.
2: I always thought it would be fun to write for TV, but I would have to change how I write a lot. There were a lot of tongue twisters in there.
1: Welcome to This is the Author, where
0: authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
2: In this episode, meet Georgia Senator Rev. Raphael G. Warnock, Pulitzer Prize-winning science writer Ed Yong, and award-winning writer Ellen Gatos. Tune in to hear about each author's work that led to the creation of their audiobooks. From Warnock's incredible journey to becoming an elected official whose race flipped the Senate to Gatos's memoir that began as diary entries while working as a farmhand, to Yong's exploration of the wide world of animal senses. Enjoy.
0: Hi, this is Raphael Warnock, author of A Way Out of No Way, a memoir of truth, transformation, and the new American story. I wrote my book because I have been incredibly blessed. In a real sense, I think that I am an iteration of the American dream. A kid who grew up in public housing on the west side of Savannah, one of 12 children in my family. I'm number 11 and the first college graduate. I was born materially poor, but spiritually rich. I had parents who instilled in me a sense of faith, a deep work ethic. I became pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, once led by Martin Luther King, Jr. And eventually, I became a United States Senator, running in a race that flipped control of the Senate. In no other country is my story even possible. And yet, I'm very much aware of the warts and challenges in our country. America has always had a complicated story. In this book, I use the prism of my own biography as a way of talking about the American story, not only our past, but the present, and my profound hope, even in these dark days, for our collective future. Throughout the book, I was inspired by the stories of my own parents. My dad was born in 1917. A black man growing up in the Jim Crow South, he saw the ugly side of America, and yet he never lost hope. I'm also inspired by my mother, who grew up in Waycross, Georgia. In the 1950s, she picked somebody else's cotton and tobacco. But because of what she poured inside of me, I'm inspired by her. And by the other mothers in my church, the faces that I see in the congregation every Sunday, when I'm blessed to preach from the Ebenezer pulpit. Wrinkled faces, hands worn by the struggles of the day, who've seen parts of the struggle that I've only read about in books. They inspire me. And I am inspired by my preschool-aged children, who have not become wearied, worn out, or jaded by the challenges of life. They get excited at the sight of a dandelion. I'm inspired by them, the gleam and the hope in their eyes. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that one word would be love. Love is the only reason I'm here. The love of my parents, that community of church people and ordinary people who raised me. And it is love that wakes me up every morning and sends me into the fight. I believe that justice is what love looks like in public, and it is to that project that I've tried to commit my whole life, and I try to tell that story in this book. If I had a dream narrator for this book, Living or Dead, There's no doubt I would choose the incomparable James Earl Jones. What a voice. I would listen to that man read from the phone book. I'm sort of old school. I like holding the book in my hand. I like the feel of the pages. But every now and then I do listen to an audio book, and I enjoy doing that while working out in the gym, usually on the treadmill. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. But in our time on the phone that election night, Mom was having none of the serious talk. With a sense of humor that can bring levity to even the grandest moment, she wanted to make sure I wasn't getting the big head. Great, she said, responding to my pronouncement that I'd won the Senate race. She liked the sound of it. Her son. A U.S. Senator. But just in case there was any doubt who was still the boss, she added, I'm still Mama. We burst into laughter.
1: Hi, this is Ed Yong, author of An Immense World. I wrote my book because I wanted to show people that the world that we're familiar with, the one experienced through our senses, is just a thin slice of all there is to experience and that other animals see, hear, smell and feel the world in very different ways. I think that stepping into their sensory worlds is a magical experience, one that is profoundly human too. We are perhaps the only species with the ability to do that and it's a gift that I think we should cherish and make use of. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. I had a really good time with it. If I had to describe what it was like in a second word, that word would be long. It it took quite a lot of work. And my voice is a little tired. But mainly, mainly fun. I realised I had trouble pronouncing Jakob von Uxkel. A word that I'm still like only 80% sure about and is crucial because he was the man who pioneered the concept of Umwelt, the part of the world that an animal has sensory access to, its perceptual world. The Umwelt is the sort of anchoring concept with the entire book and the guy who pioneered it is pretty important and his name features throughout. So that was a bit of a challenge. I'm excited that listeners will get to hear how excited I am about this topic. I truly feel the senses of other animals are fascinating, are magical, and are really worth knowing about. I spent two or three years of my life researching this book, talking to scientists, traveling around the world, and trying to capture as much of the wonder and awe that I felt in the text Hopefully, that awe and wonder comes through in my voice, too. It's a little special thing that the people who engage with an immense world through the audiobook will get in the way that readers of the print one may not. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably cast David Attenborough for the very obvious reason that he is a leading light in natural history, his voice is almost synonymous with natural history documentaries, and he is someone who I grew up listening to when I was nourishing my childhood love for animals and the natural world. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Finally, at journey's end, we'll see how animals unify the information from their senses, how humans are polluting and distorting that information, and where our responsibilities to nature now lie. As the writer Marcel Proust once said, the only true voyage would be not to visit strange lands but to possess other eyes – to see the hundred universes that each of them sees. Let us begin.
2: Hi, this is Ellen Gatos, and I'm the author of Pig Years. I kind of started off writing this book as diary entries that I was just keeping for unknown reasons while I was working on different people's farms. And I I wrote a short story about a pig that became accidentally pregnant. The story was only a few pages, but one of my friends said, oh, I think you should write a book. So I kept writing about pigs, and then it kind of all spiraled out from there. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook, that word might be strange. (laughs) No, I think it was cool rereading the book as a whole finished thing and finally being done editing it and hearing what it sounded like out loud. I realized I had trouble pronouncing many words (laughs) while recording this. Scourge was definitely one that I didn't know. There was also some German in there that I didn't know how to pronounce at all. My speech is a lot different than my written vocabulary, and I always thought it would be fun to write for TV, but I realized I would have to change how I write a lot because there were a lot of tongue twisters in there that I didn't ever think about. I hope in the way that I narrated this, it feels evocative of the imagery and the animals and the smells and the plants, because I was imagining it as I was reading it out loud. and. Even though I'm not an actor, hopefully hearing it in my own voice helps to illustrate even more the scenes that I'm talking about. I hope it doesn't sound too strong of a Vermont accent or anything, but I think it sounded normal. If I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, I might, if I could, cast someone like Patti Smith, who's just genuinely cooler than me, to read it. One of the last audiobooks I listened to that I liked was a John Krakauer one from the library under the banner of heaven and that was really good because it was also in his own voice which I liked and very suspenseful and crazy and now listen to a clip from my audiobook they seem to move more slowly than the rest of the world and with a degree of care I am unaccustomed to Most of the commune members never remember me due to either old age or more pressing spiritual concerns. But I got to know the cooks and carpenters, the mailroom and the herb garden grown into the shape of a pentacle. The commune, like the school up the road where we keep another field, is housed in old shaker buildings. So many believers have already trod upon this plot of land. As on the other farms... What I feel on Mount Lebanon is the blunt power of nature, nothing more or less.
0: This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
2: For more Behind the Mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.